Thank you for listening to this special Stone Cold Country podcast, the New Churchless series, where we focus on our, our keeping it country. We like to say we are bridging the old with the new. We passionately believe in the critical importance of keeping the traditional forms of country music alive. Please partner with us on our journey to keep tear-jerking, crying-in-your-beer, soaring steel guitar-type music on the airwaves and highways. But most importantly, we want you to keep this amazing music in your hearts. If you hear an artist you like, please fan them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter, and stream them on your favorite platforms. And when possible, buy their music and merch directly from their website. By doing so, you become an important financial partner that is helping to sustain Nara's career. Additionally, you can also visit our site, stonecoldcountry.net, and explore great music and the many ways you can get involved in keeping traditional country music alive. Hey, this is Anna. And this is Anna. How are you? Hope you weren't holding too long. That I know that hold music is kind of obnoxious. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I- I just I just got on the call. As a matter of fact, and I was on hold for a little bit. It was pretty cool because I I was able to hear like the song and everything oh. in the street. I've never heard I'm anything so like sorry. that. Is I know it's obnoxious, but at least it's like a little humorous, though you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's it was very different. I, I, at the beginning, I listened to it and I thought, oh, it's the radio. And I was listening to the song and I'm like, wait, this is a song about being on hold. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, um, hey, do you do music full time, or do you actually have like a, a a real job too? So I actually, I know I do music full time. This is what oh, wow. is my job. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, that's awesome. Um, and you know, not a lot of people can do that. So that's awesome that you're able to do that. Absolutely. Well, hey, yeah. um, before we get too far. We just want to appreciate your time today. You know, thanks, you know, for uh, dialing up and linking up with us. Um, we've been playing you for, you know, a couple years now. And, yep. um, you know, your music is consistently what we call traditional, you know, country. But it, you know, has kind of a fresh spin to it, you know. Um, I when I, yeah, it is. And it's good. When I listen to your music, even um, this last album, it's, you know, I don't want to compare you to anyone, okay? So, <laughs> I mean, I don't. But, you know, I absolutely hear kind of that, you know, George Strait, you know, a little bit of Kenny Chesney in there. You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of that real good, solid, you know, uh, old-fashioned country music, you know? I mean, you know, lots of fiddle, steel guitar. Um, and actually, I wanted to ask you, who's your steel player on this last album? Whoever it is, it's smoking hot. <laughs> His name is Scotty Sanders. He's from. He's out of Nashville, and uh, he's uh, he's pretty much uh, a student musician up there. So uh, wow. when we I record um, here down here in South Texas in Corpus, Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. uh, it's called Sound Machine Studio. What's it called? And I'm sorry. Sound, Sound Machine Studio. Sound Machine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sound Machine Studio, mm-hmm. and uh, my producer, his name's Mason Shirley. Uh, when I, I mean, I was, I was new to 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 you know to the whole recording thing, and he was kind mm-hmm. of the first guy that I recommended. And uh, with my first album, Dream of You, I, I I went over to him and I just showed him my songs, and he said, "All right, this is how we're gonna do them." And 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 uh, when I told him I want a pedal steel, he's like, "I got a pedal steel guy," and that's and that's Scotty, Scotty Sanders, and he did our first album, and 
I love the pedal steel work. So we've been working with him for the past uh, few albums. So yeah, he's smoking hot, and on the songs in this last album, you hear him more. You know, it's like he's got. You know, there's some songs where. You know he's he's just front and center, and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is <laughs> this guy is hot. He's just a hot player, you know. So that's good. Well, it's awesome. It's such a unique instrument, you know. And and we just we actually just added on a pedal steel player to uh, to our band, like for the live for the live shows. Oh, and uh, man, to hear to hear that thing live and being played. You know, I've, I've been playing guitar since I was about 11 or 12. So I've been playing for probably about, uh, let's see, about probably like 13, 14 years. Oh. And uh, I wouldn't even know where to start on that, on that pedal steel. <laughs> wow. So, all right, wait a minute. So you just dated yourself. So so you are, so you have to be like around 23 or 24? I wish. No, I'm, tw I'm 20, I'm 26 years old. Oh, you're 26. Well, everyone's 26. We just interviewed Joey, and he's 26, too. <laughs> what the heck? All right. Well, that must be like a popular age right now for some reason. But um, that's awesome. That's awesome. So how long have you been playing? You said you've been playing guitar since you were like 11 years old? I, I want to say I picked it up when I was 12, because I was in the sixth grade. So I think I was 12 years old. So... Uh, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So growing up, um, I was always a shy kid. I hated being the center of attention. I was one of those kids where if we had a project or like a speech or something that we had to do, I mean, I was the one begging that they would postpone it the next day because, I mean, I would go up there and I would blush and and Aww. kind of stutter a little bit. You know, I just I was just I would just get real nervous. Uh, and so um, for some reason, uh. I was listening uh, to Hotel California, and I thought, man, that is such uh, an awesome song. And I saw, uh, I looked up, um, I looked up a YouTube video uh, of them playing it, and it looked so cool live. And I was like, man, I want to play that. That looks so cool. And I didn't have a guitar. Uh, my middle brother actually had a guitar, and so I took it out. And I was just looking on YouTube like how to play Hotel California, and I started. That's when I started learning, and um, then I, I really liked playing the guitar, and then I started playing every day, and uh, then I started, uh, I, my parents got me, um, or Santa Claus got me uh, <laughs> a, 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 a nicer guitar and a, and a chord, uh, it was a poster of guitar chords, like how to play them, and I would put it up in my room. And um, I would look up uh, tabs of different songs that I wanted to play and just look up the chords and how to play it and then just learn how to play songs. And that's how I kind of learned how to play the guitar. And uh, but I never sang. I hated, like I said, I would never I never saw myself um, being a singer. Uh, it wasn't until high school when I started listening to country a lot more. And uh, my senior year. In high school, that's when I actually started singing. And growing up, I went through, I grew up through, uh, I went through Catholic school. So mm -hmm. uh, I went to Catholic school to about sixth grade. And then um, I went to public school. And then my senior year, I transferred to uh, a Catholic school here in Corpus Christi called John Paul II High School. And uh, I graduated uh, from there in 2013. And that's when I started singing and everything. And, and 
but I never thought like I never thought about like having a band or anything. I just kind of just played and just kind of just sang to myself. And it wasn't until college when uh, I actually kind of got kind of serious with it. As far as like I started off as like kind of an acoustic duo, just we, me and one of my my high school buddies mm-hmm. uh, started uh, kind of like an acoustic du- duo. And we we're playing these little these little dive bars, little honky tonks down here in the coastal band. And then in 2014, 2015, 2014, 15, something like that. I think that towards the end of 2014, that's when I actually started a band. And I had no idea like how to, how to, oh. because I was never, I was never in band in school. I right. just, like I said, I only knew how to play the guitar and sing. So adding drums and a bass, uh, I literally had no idea like how to like get tight as a band. And so, it was a big learning curve, a big learning experience, and uh, you know I ran into a lot of um, a lot of different artists, and they, of course, they gave me advice, and mm-hmm. and uh, so I've been doing this, I guess, professionally. Professionally, I've been doing this since about 2016 when I first released my first album, and uh, because I 2014, 2015, I was still kind of uh, just mainly just a cover band. It wasn't until 2016 when I released an album and. I started playing more originals and stuff, and uh, so I'd say since 2016, I, that's when I'd say it's more professional. Uh, so I've been doing it since then, and I've been loving it. I've gotten to meet so many of of, of my idols, Texas idols, and and uh, I just I just love what I do. I'm very fortunate. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's always good when you enjoy what you do. Absolutely. Tell us about your hometown. What do you love about it? What's the best place in your town to grab some dinner? So I, uh, I I'm I'm from Alice, Texas, and that's uh, it's like 45 miles west of Corpus Christi. It's kind of a small, medium-sized town. It's population about 20,000. Pretty much everybody knows everybody there. Uh, some of the best places to eat there are probably King Street Grill, uh, 19th Hole uh, Grill there. Um, Anytime I go play golf over there, I love to eat there. Um, let me think of some other places. Uh, there's Big House Burgers. Uh, there's nothing like like you know home cooked meals. You know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So right. we'll just go over to your mom's place. That sounds good. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have some food. I, now, Alice, it's a uh, it, it's a it's a it's a good sized town. Um, it's actually pretty crazy. It has the um, I gotta, I gotta see if this, if I'm saying this correctly, but it's got the, the oldest and the tallest concrete uh, water tower like in the world. Oh wow! Uh, really? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty interesting. It's it's kind of a weird, uh, it's kind of a weird, um, I guess thing to kind of brag about. But uh, yeah, it, whenever you drive down the main road, you'll see it. Um, if you ever drive through through Alice, you'll mm-hmm. see it there, and it's pretty tall and yeah supposedly it's it's a uh, it's the world's uh that's awesome it's the yeah. oldest or tallest concrete uh water yeah tower, but... it's kind of something different and unusual so who's like the the most famous person like from that area from that town or from that area uh, i would say from the area um, i know chris brazil he, he used to play for the cowboys and the jets he was from Alice. He graduated from Alice High School uh, back in, I think, in the early 90s, I think. Um, 
Also, Johnny Rodriguez was really big down here in this area. Uh, he used to play oh, a lot down here. here. I want to say he was from kind of from, kind of from more of like the valley area, but oh, okay. I remember him being kind of big here in Alice, you know, and, and especially when I was coming up, um, you know, I, I've, I've actually gotten to meet him and stuff, and and uh, he's he's given me some advice, but uh, I think I think he actually resides in in Alice now. That's cool. But, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, he's he's a uh, He's definitely an uh, he's definitely an icon uh, down here in, in South Texas. What's one thing you learned early on that's helped you through life? Um, probably, hmm. You know, growing up, my dad always always had these these great um, analogies, and um, he always told me he would always tell me uh, garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. And when when I was growing up. Um, my first passion was baseball. Um, I wanted to play for the Houston Astros. I wanted to play professionally, and that was my that was my that was my initial dream. That's what I wanted to do. Wow. And he always told me that, you know, garbage in, garbage out. I mean, if you don't put in the work and practice, I mean, you know, you're gonna get garbage out of it. And and then he also told me uh, something that's always kind of stuck with me, which is. Uh, it's uh it's nice to be important but it's more important to be nice you know and so um my dad has always kind of taught me to kind of stay grounded and and uh you know never forget where he came from of course and so at a lot of my shows when i meet a lot of people um especially after the shows whenever i'm done i usually go to the merch the merch booth or merch table and you know meet the fans and everything and and a lot of people feel like like they're kind of like bothering me because they want a picture or something. I'm like, no, like, wow. like aren't, you know, like I want to, I want to meet you. I want to meet my fans. I want to meet you. I want to meet you all. And especially now, you know, cause you know, with, with COVID and everything, people are kind of a little more precious, but I, Hey, you know, um, you know, we, you were here in this moment, you know, let's take a picture. Let's, let's smile. Let's, let's have a, let's have this memory. And, and, a lot of times I'll see I'll see fans, you know, uh, at other shows, and I'm able to recognize them. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they, you know, they're like, hey, you remember me? You know. And so um, I always I always try to keep that in mind that you know I the way this is the way that I kind of view it. You know, if I ever went to a show, uh, you know, because George Strait's kind of my he's my idol. You know? oh, so if, if I were if I were to ever meet George Street, I want I would want him to say hello and shake my hand and take a picture of me, you know. So that's where I kind of you know they want to see me, you know. I want to shake their hand and take a picture of them and stuff, you know. So that's uh, cool. I hope you never change, you know, because um, often you know uh, the more successful you know some people become, not everyone, you know, they kind of forget that the reason they're there is because of the fans, right? I mean, absolutely, you know, if if no one comes out to, to see your shows or, you know, streams your music, you won't have a career. Right. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. I, at, every, at every show, I always thank everyone for coming out and, and you know, spending their hard-earned money to come support us and, right. and uh, you know, to be able to get to do what we love to do, you know, so. Absolutely. So tell us about your latest single. You know, where did you record it? You're the producer. You already talked about some of the musicians, but, you know, any, like, if there's a backstory, just, you know, everything that you have on the new single that's out right now. 
Yeah, so the new single, which is called More More Than Love. Um, so uh, I recorded at the same um, same studio. So Sound Machine Studio. Uh, so they were um, originally in Corpus Christi. Well, they built a new place in Skidmore, Texas. And so that's where I went ahead and recorded this. I recorded this um, this single along with the album that it's on uh, in the summer summer of last year 2021 mm-hmm. and uh more than love it's kind of a it's kind of a different kind of song well i mean it's not really different as far as like the words go but as far as like the melody goes the music goes um i kind of had um a different melody in mind and i wanted to go something with a little more upbeat my majority of my songs i feel like are kind of more mid-tempo and i kind of mm-hmm. wanted something a little more upbeat a little more progressive but still traditional, you know, with, with fiddle and, and, and pedal steel. And so it's pretty much a love song that pretty much, you know, talks about finding the one that that's uh, that's the love of your life, you know, and how that person to that person, it's more than love. Uh, it's more than love that, that, that what y'all have, that connection. And um, so uh, in the song, it's got it's got um, it's got a, a driving beat and uh, really uh significant guitar riffs that kind of make it very passionate especially at the end and so we've been getting a lot of great feedback on it
country music but actually i really wanted uh to ask you what do you like about traditional country because i can ask you that because your music is traditional we you know we have some other interviews and you know the music isn't really traditional country not the way that we know you know we know it to be so um right. that really is the question what do you love about traditional country well i feel like uh so growing up I listened to a lot of what my dad listened to, which was a lot of the 80s and the 90s country. Steve Warner, George Strait, Tracy Lawrence, Mark Chestnut, Alan Jackson. I mean, there's just so many. And and for me, I feel like, um, and I've kind of noticed this along my shows, that there's concert music and then there's dance music, you know? And I feel like the traditional side is more dance music. Mm -hmm. And like I said, because I've listened to so many of these 80s and 90s um, artists, a lot of their style to me was, hey, that music is dancing music. So um, for me, the traditional style of music is that it's it's songs that you can two-step to, you know, or you can, or, or waltzes. And and, yeah. and so uh, whenever I go into the studio and we're coming up, uh, we're kind of experimenting with a song, I have to make sure that people can dance to the song, you know, and so, um, and of course, I've always I've always loved uh, the fiddle and the pedal steel. And the thing about country is what I tell a lot of folks is there's so many different lead instruments that you can use. Um, for instance, like with rock and, and kind of pop, you know, of course they have synthesizers and they have guitars, and and every now and then you'll hear one with with a with a violin or, or fiddle or something. But with country. Um, you know, you can have a piano as a lead or a mandolin, you know, or fiddle, pedal steel, acoustic guitar. I mean, electric guitar. Um, so. <laughs> there's just so many things you can you can add to. It. So uh, with a traditional style, uh, that's why it's I feel like it's so fun in the studio because you're able to experiment. And and uh, there's a song that I did uh, uh, on my on my last album. Was that my last time? Actually, I released it as a single. I found you. We put a saxophone in there, you know, and it was just like saxophone in country. Like that's, you know, that's kind of unheard of. It's not. That's more like. Merle Haggard used uh, to do it. Yeah, you know, uh, Merle Haggard, Ronnie Millsap, uh, Keith Whitley. You know, I mean, all those guys. Wow. It's it's uh, so it's always it. I feel like with traditional with traditional country, there's so many. So many different elements you could add to it um, that can make it dancing music, and that's what that's what I feel like traditional country is to me. It's, it's dancing music. Who are your musical heroes and why? So I think my biggest one, um, of course, is uh, it's going to be cliche, but uh, George Strait. I mean, he's uh, he is you know the they consider him the king of country. I've, I've actually uh, I got to see him live back in 2013. Um, when it was his Cowboy Rides Away tour, but he's still uh, he's still riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to got to see him live, and I was just I was just in awe at the performance because it wasn't really like 
like a big show, you know, where, you know, kind of like a pure country, like didn't have a lot of, you know, big flashy lights or, or, you know, um, just other things. It was just about the music. And I remember sitting there and watching him and I was just like, man, I want to be, I want to be like that guy, you know, I want to be like George. And, and, um, I remember listening to uh, a lot of his songs when I was a kid. My dad would always would always play them, and I think the chair was probably the, one of the first country songs that I ever learned oh, wow. um, on the. And so I would say he was he's probably my biggest um, my biggest hero. I know it's very cliche because he's you know kind of the king of country, but I mean. I would fangirl so hard if I ever got to meet him. I mean, <laughs> or maybe open up for him, huh? Or to shake his hand, I wouldn't wash my hand for you know. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that that that's fantastic. Um, you did mention a song, the chair, and I'm wondering because um, you know, if you were to introduce someone to like you know traditional country music. Is there like a, a particular song or a couple of songs that you would choose? And and I'm, you know, the context of the question, Robert, is someone that doesn't know anything about country music, you know? So if you like need, if someone comes up to you and say, you know, I would love to like learn more about country music. Can you recommend a song or a couple of songs to me? What, what uh, would those songs be? You know, that, that, that's a, that's, that is a really, a really good question because I feel like with country music, um, just country music in general, what makes it so great is that um, so many so many songs tell a story that so many people can relate to, um, whether if it's heartache or it's about love or heartbreak, and and um, man, that that's it's such a great question. I like it's, it's kind of it's going to be cliche or whatever, but like. I would, I would tell him to listen to anything by like by George Strait just because some of his songs um have such have such a meaning um and they're all they're all pretty different you know i mean uh I explain to folks that uh like that talk about George Strait is that you know he has sixty some number ones and all of the songs are are unique and and different in their own way, which I find which I find crazy because there's so many times where I'm trying to come up with music and I'm like, man, this song sounds like this, you know, or this song is sound, this song is sounding like one of my older songs. And I'm like, man, how do I, how do I come up with something that's different? And um, getting back to the question, mm-hmm. uh, as far as, as, as if I were to have someone listen to a song uh, with country, um, I would probably have them listen to, all my exes live in Texas because that's such a cool song, especially yeah. with that pedal. Um, to have to have them to have a song actually hit them in the gut. Um, uh, I would have them sing. Uh, have them listen to. Uh, is it called the baby by Blake Shelton? Where uh, he's talking about, you know, he's the baby of the family and his mom. His mom passes away. Like the way the way those songs are written. I mean, you can't, you can't, um, what's the word? You can't like, you can't write it any other way. Just the way that the message is, is brought along through some of those songs. It's like, wow, 
you know, and I feel like if someone were to listen to that song, it would hit them in the gut and be like, wow, you know, that like, like that kind of hit, hit close to home, you know, especially if someone has, has lost a, a parent or, or something like that. But I feel like kind of like um, that song, that, that the song that I have, Good Country Song, just a song that can just hit you in the gut and just like, wow, you know, I feel like that's what country, country can uh, relay a message uh, like that. Yeah, that's awesome. That mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely awesome. What is the toughest thing you've been through and how did you get through it? Yeah, so the toughest thing uh, that I've personally ever been through, um, I lost my grandfather back in 2017 uh, to cancer. And he was, man, he was probably like, he was, he was like my second, my second, uh, my second dad, my second father. Um, I practically lived with him for about nine or 10 years. And, um, you know, he was, he was just, just a grandparent's love. You know, he was like, my best friend and, and we had we did so many trips to the ranch together and so many hunting trips and mm-hmm. and he passed away three days before um my 22nd birthday oh, and that was probably one of the birthdays i've ever had um it was uh it was a really um a really surreal moment i, I really couldn't uh, believe it you know he was here one day and, and gone uh on the next and but um you know i look back on it and and i realized you know how fortunate i was you know to still have him um in my life and in 2006 he was he was diagnosed with um multiple myeloma cancer and in 2000 he was uh yeah he they actually only gave him uh six months to live and he ended up you know living another 11 years so I look back at it and I realize how fortunate I was and I actually wrote a song about him called um, My Superman which uh, a lot of people um, can kind of relate to because I mean my my grandfather was like my Superman you know he was there was nothing he couldn't do you know and so uh, I kind of wrote that song as a tribute to him and, and all other grandfathers and and other father figures that are that are you know Superman like to others and and uh it, it's it's uh i didn't want to do this song because it was really hard uh to record especially in the studio but my dad told me that hey you know you just have to sing it this one time and and that's it you know and, and i was able to get through it and i feel bad because you know we'll play some live shows and some people will come up and request it and i'm just like man i i can't mm-hmm. i can't i can't you know it'll you know, you'll have me breaking down up here, but, um, you know, I, it kind of made me realize, um, kind of the, kind of realize the, the, the cycle of life, you know, as I get older, I realize that my parents are getting older my, my aunts and uncles and my grandparents that I still have are getting older. So, um, that kind of made me realize that, you know, I need to take advantage of the time that I still have with them, you know, and, and, you know, you know, that I guess that's saying, right. You know, always, kiss and, and and tell your your loved ones uh you know whenever you can because i mean you never know you never know what could happen you know and so uh yeah. but i've grown i've grown from that and I've, I've been like i said i've been very fortunate and and uh you know when we get together with my family my brothers and my uncles and my cousins we all talk about all the memories and i guess that's all we can really do you know is just kind of cherish the memories and, and 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to go ahead and hear that song, you know, Superman. My Superman had a heart of gold, stood six foot one, fifty years old, stood tall by his family, so true and so strong, a man of steel, till I came along, like a mighty old tree. Seven branches over me to protect me from the rain. I always knew just what to do, the bravest man I ever knew in this life. He's my Superman. But, you know, that's amazing that uh, he 
was around for 11 more years. Wow. That's like a good spot, I would say. Yeah, we're, like I said, we're, we're very fortunate, you know, and, and the more I think about it, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm so selfish, you know, because I mean, you know, I'm over here thinking like, man, I wish she was still here, but you know, he endured so much in those 11 years of going through chemo and, and having to, to, you know, go to MD Anderson and all, and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, he just wanted to be around for, you know, his kids and his grandkids and stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah. so. Mm-hmm. So that just that to me that just that just makes me um it just makes me more proud you know to be uh, yeah and, uh, yeah the, yeah absolutely of course it does mm-hmm. um it shows that he was pretty tough too because um <laughs> you know what you're talking about yeah people are out you know within six months you know mm-hmm. so that's um uh, he's pretty tough bird you know. Uh, you know, last that long. Well, we're gonna switch gears and um, you know, <laughs> get yeah. more lighthearted here. So um, anyway, um, love to ask you about the worst teacher that you ever had. <laughs> so, <laughs> what so, do you give that person? You don't have to name names, but if you want to call them out, that's fine. <laughs> I not, but, um, you know, I'm. Pretty- Fortunate to have some really great teachers uh, through elementary, um, through uh, through um, middle school and high school. I was going to talk about this one teacher that, uh, well, this one professor that I had in college. But now that I think about it, um, I had uh, a teacher uh, in first grade. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so at the time. So my first, my first, uh, when I was born, my first five years of my life, I lived um, in a little town outside of Corpus called Annaville. And I was going to school, uh, I was going to school there. Well, uh, in the middle of the school year, I moved to Alice. And um, I was literally going to new school with new people. And like I said, um, even when I was even when I was in like kindergarten or first grade, I mean, I was very shy and I mean, I was <laughs> I was literally like a big baby. Like I was literally afraid of thunder. Like my parents would like my parents make fun of me now, you know. Wow. But I used to be like afraid of thunder back then and 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 all this stuff. And wow. I was kind of a crybaby. And um, anyways, I was going to school with my cousin uh, at this at this Catholic school there in Alice. And um, the teacher was actually a nun, and she was just, I, I mean, I'm trying to remember this. I'm trying to remember it because this is, oh, this is kind of weird to say this is 20 years ago. But I was, uh, I remember I would go to school, and I would just cry every day, and I just hated it. And my teacher, my, she was just, I don't know, I just, she was just, to me, she was just mean. And I'm trying to, like, think back of, like, why she was mm-hmm. mean, but it's kind of hard to remember. But I just remember, like, <laughs> I remember, like, asking the teacher if I could go to the restroom, and I would just, like, just cry. <laughs> I would just cry in there. Oh, and I remember I told, I told my parents, and I was like, the teacher's mean or whatever. And, and I think what ended up happening was I, like, went to school that day, and I think my dad was, like, I guess like he followed me or something and he was just like waiting outside of the classroom and I think he heard like the teacher like just like I guess go off with her and then my dad just 
kind of like the night in Siren Armor just came in and just pulled me out of the class and I switched schools. And after that, I, I, I switched schools and I went to a different Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the reason why I was going to Catholic school at the time was because all the public schools were full for some reason. So I had mm-hmm. to go to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went to this other school there in Alice. And uh, my, the teacher was, was super nice. And I made a lot of friends. I still have friends. Uh, I still have friends today that were, you know, we were friends since, you know, first oh, grade. That's awesome. But it's yeah. it's pretty it's 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 um it's pretty. But for some reason, that teacher, I don't know why, she was just so mean to me. And I know her name, and I'm not gonna say it. Come <laughs> but, on, oh, <laughs> say her name. No. <laughs> but her defense, I was a big, like I said, I was a big crybaby. Like I was just, I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't spoiled. It was more that like I didn't know who any of these people were. Like I already had friends in Annaville, and I'm here. And I don't know who you are. And right. I don't know, just. Well, you're uh, just six years old. I mean, come on. I mean, you know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, and plus, um, just the fact like I don't even need to know what she would say or do. The fact that she didn't make you feel comfortable—that's the big mm-hmm. deal there, you know. So especially it's a new student, you know, and they know the teachers know when you're a new student, you know, so that information, um, you know, is given to them. So, you know, that was um, it was her responsibility to make you feel comfortable, you know, uh, welcome, you know. Yeah. You know, so honestly, that was probably the only the only teacher that was really kind of mean or like kind of the worst, because I mean, after that. Um, I mean, majority of my teachers were very, very caring. Like you say, made it made my made, you know made me feel comfortable in class, and, and it was crazy because I remember going to um, middle school and high school, and <laughs> I remember some of my classmates from that class, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, it's me. You know, like all these years later, because <laughs> we're in the same grade. So, so um, anyways. Wow, that's pretty cool though. And I'm happy that your dad took you out of that, you know, school. Yeah. The heck with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. good dad. Good for him. You know. I guess he had no. I mean, I was crying, coming home crying every day. So he's like, and I'm sure they were calling about me crying and stuff. So I'm sure he had to intervene somehow. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which cartoon character do you think is the most like you, and why? Um. Oh man, that is um. That's a really good question. Um, I feel like I feel like I'm very fortunate to be to be like a '90s baby because I feel like we had some really great cartoons growing up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like I don't know because, like me personally, like I'm a very sarcastic person. Um, so me and my band, like I'm a big, I'm a big jokester. Like I'm always like. You know, I'm always making jokes or roasting somebody or, or I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of like, I don't want to say like a class clown because I wasn't like that in school, but I'm more of like a, like a comedian slash musician. But as far as a cartoon character, I want to say Johnny Bravo, <laughs> but I'm not that smooth. Hey! Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Robert. Johnny Bravo always gets dumped like like no girl likes him. That can't be you. Well, I mean, I don't have I don't have any gang, so 
but it was yeah i love that cartoon but he always well, gets... <laughs> because like i'm trying to think of some other like cartoon characters and like um because like i remember i'm trying to think of some other cartoons like i know we had like dexter's laboratory back in the day um let's see there's of course spongebob spongebob was big when i was yeah. a kid but like, i can't see myself being like like no. Johnny Bravo did have cool hair though. Do you have yeah. cool hair? Is your hair like super cool? I think I have cool hair. Yeah. When I, <laughs> when I was in high school, oh my gosh, that's so when I was in high school, I used to have sideburns like all the way down to like kind of like it was, <laughs> and, um I I had them when I was like my sophomore year and I had them all through high school and I look back at it now and I'm like, oh man, like why? Wow. Why did you have sideburns? Like, wait a minute, but did you have like the mullet to go with it? You know, because no, like... no, no, never a mullet, never a mullet. No, okay, cool. I, I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? That guy? That movie? I can't remember. Joe something. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Huh? Time, uh, is it? Uh, you're talking about. Um, is it what Joe Dirt? Was that the name of the oh, one? Dirt, right? Yeah, yeah. The guy had like super long sideburns and the mullet, like the whole. <laughs> it was like this whole. Yeah, I, I, I didn't do the mullet, but the sideburns. I mean, they were they were somewhat similar, similar to that. <laughs> oh. Well, our next question is, I'm going to tell you, it's like the most infamous question in our entire show. So uh, we've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now, which is really bizarre. And I was just, um, I was looking back and I think we started playing you back in like 2018. So that was like, yeah, yeah, 2018 or two, like the ending of 2018. That's the first thing that I can find, you know, that we started playing your stuff. Um, and, um, you know, I will tell you that there's so much music coming out of Texas, you know, I mean, there, you guys have like, oh my gosh, you know, every type of music that you can think of, you know? Um, so I, I know that it's probably really competitive out there too, you know, in terms of the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, but even with that, I mean, that's why these podcasts and things like that exist, right? To bring more exposure mm -hmm. to the artists, because you know, without that, it's it's kind of tough. And I was going to tell you that um, our next question, like ever since we've been doing this podcast, uh, this next question, like everyone just wants to die because <laughs> it's like so hard. But everyone else has given like their version. Um, so mm -hmm. the question is, if you were on a deserted island. What five albums would you choose and why? So I'll let you think about that. And then actually, um, Anna Marie has another question for you. So you can just think about your answer. And then after you answer her next question, we can go back to this one. Yeah. What's okay. the funniest or coolest thing that's ever happened to you? Uh, the funniest or coolest thing that's ever happened to me. So probably the coolest thing that's ever happened to me was... Um, so uh, I wrote a song. Um, I, I wrote a song, uh, kind, sort of, kind of like about George Strait. It's called "Can't Play Straight," and in that song, um, I it's it's a heartbreak song. But pretty much, it's about a guy who breaks up with a girl, and 
he can't play straight. He can't he can't like listen to it straight anymore. And I put a bunch of his song titles in it and everything. And um anyways, um back in two thousand I think eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, I was in Houston at a Dave and Busters and I was there playing and, and uh you know, just there having a good time. And I get a text from one of my college buddies and he's like, Hey man, you're not gonna believe this. But they're playing your song right now, Can't Play Street, at the Team Wolverine at the George Strait concert. Oh, oh like, my God. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I thought they were pranking, right? I thought, like, oh, they're messing with me, right? And, and um, you know, so I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. Send me a video or whatever, right? And I thought he was just messing with me. And then I got another, I got another message from another friend, and they're telling me the same thing. And then they posted the video on Facebook, and... I was like, well, I couldn't believe it. Like they they were there at the, at the at the concert and they're playing my song over the speakers or whatever. And I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. And, and I I was I was there with my girlfriend at the time. And I was telling her and she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, look at the video. And and she's just like staring at me. And I'm like, what? She's like, I'm waiting for you to cry. And I'm like, I'm not gonna cry. What? I'm gonna hear Dim Busters. I hear Dim Busters. You think something's wrong? I called my parents and I told them, they were like, oh, you know, they're just messing with you. And I was like, no, go look at Facebook, you know, and then they went and saw it. And so uh, that was something like completely out of the blue that I never would imagine happened. But uh, yeah, so that's probably one of the coolest things that's ever happened. I want, I do want to go see him live and kind of see it for for myself. But Yeah. um, yeah, whenever he goes, whenever George plays anywhere, Usually, in between in between the opening act and him, they'll play my song and like a couple. Oh other my gosh! Acts. So he still does it. Wow! That is wow. awesome. That is. Yeah. Epic. Wow! Oh my goodness! Well, we need to play that song. <laughs> play right yeah. Now. You know. Yeah. What album is that song off of? That one is off of my first album. It's called Dream of You. You can find it. And it's and the song's called Can't Play Straight, and it's S T R A I T. They can't play, of course, like you know, George Strait. <laughs> okay, we're gonna play that. Yeah. 
got to go back to um, the question, the question in question. What are the five records that you would choose if you were on a deserted island? Okay, so I've got three so far. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do, <laughs> I don't know if this counts or not, Bush Straits, 50, 50 number one album. You're a cheater, <laughs> cheater, cheater. <laughs> number one. It does Boys. count, but you're still cheating. <laughs> uh, Alan Jackson, 34, uh, number one hits. Uh, I would probably do uh, the Saturday Night Fever, the Bee Gees album. I'm a huge Bee Gees fan. I love the Bee Gees. Wow. Uh, let me see. What else? Probably the Def Leppard. Um, man, what is that album? It is. Um, you know, I'm gonna look it up because I I gotta figure out. It's um. What is it? Is it the Hysteria album? Let me see. Is it? I gotta find this. I gotta figure this out. Let me see. Well, Def is it before Leppard. Mark lost his arm or after? It was after he lost his Phil, Phil. Is it, what was the guy's drummer? The, his last name is Elliot, I think. But I can't remember his last, his first name for some reason. Um, so I know the singer is... Um, oh, my gosh. I'm... I'm you know, here, like, I'm going to figure it out right now. I know I know what you're talking about, though. The drummer... Yeah, yeah the his, drummer. He lost his arm, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Def Leppard. Elliot, okay, Rick Allen was the one that messed, messed up his arm. He's a drummer. And Allen. Allen. Okay. Yeah, so the Hysteria album... Is it Hysteria or is it Power Media? I guess the Hysteria album. Mm-hmm. That was... That was one of their one biggest of, albums, yeah. I was man. I would play their music when I was like in the seventh, eighth grade, all the time on guitar. Um, that's when I wanted to be uh, a rocker, and not anymore. Um, and then, uh, oh man, uh, one more album. That one had. Um, I'm sorry, but I remember that album. I actually had it. It had um, "Pour Some Sugar on Me." Yep. Pour some sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that was another big song for them on that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a lot of. Well, like I said, I grew up on a lot of my dad's music, which was kind of '80s rock. So, I mean, all those '80s. You know, I I love all those all those. Well, 80s we have George Strait, Alan Jackson, the Bee Gees, um, Def Leppard. So we need one more. Uh, hmm. Now keep in mind, Robert, that you're gonna be you're stranded on a deserted island and you're waiting for someone to come rescue you, you're going to be stuck with these albums. You have to make sure <laughs> this is what you want to be listening to. Mm, i to think. It, you know what? Let me see. I think, I think I'm going to do Elvis's 30 number one hits. Might as well cheat again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that, no, that's okay. You get a hand pill. Yeah, those are good choices. What I like about your choices is there's a lot of variety. The music is very diverse, which is awesome. You know, so you oh, got yeah. Stone Cold. I love all, mm-hmm. I love all yep. kinds of music. Um, yeah. even, even Spanish music. Being from South Texas, there's a lot of um, Tejano bands down here. So I kind of grew up on that too. So, wow. I, I mean, I love all 
That music scene lost a big person, what, just, what, a couple of weeks ago? It was Vicente yeah. Fernandez. That was a huge, mm-hmm. huge loss. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was really out of the blue. I don't think anybody was expecting his passing. but uh... He went through so much. His, um, I was reading that um, this was a long time ago. One of his sons was uh, kidnapped, like, by, you know, uh, yeah. And that he got like his fingers chopped off. I mean, something like that. Is that you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know. I I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, yeah. One of his sons. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna look it up right now. <laughs> one of his sons is Vicente Fernandez. Yeah. Um. One of his sons. Oh yes, yes. Um. Because he stood up, you know, to the um. You know, the people that, you know, I don't want to mention the names, but yeah. So his son back in 1998 disappeared uh, and the family received a message from the kidnappers. It was a gang um, and they um, were requesting, you know, that he, you know, give them like three point two million dollars as a ransom. And even once they uh, returned his son, um, Mm -hmm. you know, his uh, his fingers. Um, were uh, chopped off. Like, I think, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see here. They had, yeah, so they don't say exactly which fingers, but, um, yeah, but anyway, they, they, yeah, yeah, they, um, they took his, his, uh, yeah, they cut off two of Vicente Jr.'s fingers. So it was Vicente Jr., um, and they cut off two of his fingers. So they, you know, they returned them, but they cut off two of his fingers. Yeah, that, like I said, that he um he went through a lot, you know. He was amazing. Um, what a voice. I mean, yeah, he, wow. He had some he had some pipes on him. Yeah, he's a he had a amazing an amazing vocal range, you know, especially at his age to still be able to, to sing like that too. You know? Yeah, exactly. He just, you know, um, tremendous stage presence too. Cause I was mm-hmm. watching some of those videos. He's just like, he's just stood there and, you know, like with his hat, you know, <laughs> and he'd take off. It was just like, he had this uh, commanding stage presence. Very few people mm-hmm. have a presence like that. Elvis Presley was another person who was just a, you know, very commanding stage presence. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel like, I feel like with Elvis, uh, I mean, of course, I wasn't, wasn't around back then. But no, no one was. <laughs> he was kind of, he was kind of, he was kind of one of the only ones to kind of come out and kind of be more, um, kind of, you know, he wasn't just kind of like the ones that kind of just stood there and just. Yeah, like you say, right? Like with stage presence, like he, he didn't just kind of just stood there and just sang. He kind of moved with his hips and everything, right? Oh, yeah. Elvis very. He was like, you know, um, his his delivery was very passionate, and Mr. Fernandez, his delivery was also very passionate. You could tell that they really felt what they were singing. You know, they weren't right. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, mm-hmm. They weren't. It wasn't like an act or anything. But it was no, 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 genuine. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what's what's the next question? What do you want fans to know about you? Um, I just want fans to know that well that you know, I'm still trying to keep country music traditional and yeah. and um, hey. that I'm uh, <laughs> that uh I'm still 
using fiddle and pedal steel and using real instruments and and uh you know that i'm a human being like everyone else too you know I'm, I'm no different than anybody else and i sleep and shower and eat like everybody else you know so um don't ever especially if anybody ever sees me out in public don't ever feel like you know you're ever bothering me or anything i mean i was right. like i said i always I always like to meet uh fans and um, you know people who love music <laughs> so do you play uh, all over texas are you um yes you i do mm-hmm. I, I try to play uh i try to play pretty much anywhere and everywhere um i know last year we actually got to play out of state we played in colorado which oh cool that that was fun, and the weather up there was amazing compared to compared to Texas weather. You know, we're well, humid. Yeah, I do. You must have gone either springtime or summer because it gets pretty darn cold in Colorado. Yeah, we went, we went in May, and I think oh, that's perfect. In Corpus, where in Alice, it was like in the nineties, I think, already. And oh, humid probably. Those are the 80s and when we went over there to colorado i think it was like 70s and like the lows in the 50s or 40s were like wow it's just nice. yeah oh yeah awesome so how can fans connect with you like give us like your facebook twitter instagram or are yes. all those listed on your website yeah so uh of course i'm available on uh on all social media um i'm under robert ray and facebook i'm under uh robert ray country on Instagram, on Twitter, I'm under Robert Ray Music, um, and on uh, or like I said, uh, or like the website, right? The website is um, www.robertraycountry.com, and um, that's pretty much the hub for everything that has uh, my tour dates, my uh, my merch, uh, my all my social media is on there. I, my YouTube channel as well is, is under Robert Ray, so. I have music videos on there as well. So uh, that's how people can kind of get in touch with me and, and keep up to date with me. And, and, and uh, uh, yeah, so that's pretty awesome. much uh, All right. the Awesome, Ray. We usually close out with your favorite song. My favorite song. Yeah, oh. your favorite song. It doesn't have to, usually it's not a song that you recorded. It's like a song mm-hmm. that you really like from an artist that you like. Hmm. Oh, man. I think that's this is Christian's even harder than the album. <laughs> um, my favorite song. Yeah, like, is there a song that you? I mean, you could hear it all day long. It just like you'd never get tired of it. Oh man, there's like five of those. <laughs> pick one. Okay, now let me pick one of those. I think my one of my favorite songs. This, I mean, this is one that never gets old. So, so I would probably say um, "There's No Getting Over Me" by Ronnie Billsett. Oh yeah, well that is a good song. Yeah, that is a good song. All right. It's about. I don't know if it's the melody or the saxophone, but I can just listen to that song every day, and I just. Never get tired of hearing it. It just it just puts you in not because of the message behind the song, but because of the the song. I don't want people yeah. to think like I'd be good for somebody. You know, they they can't get over me. No, it's because of the song, like the the music. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's it's one of those songs that it just doesn't get old. You know, it's a he, mm-hmm. and he's such a great singer. I mean, I'm serious. He has like that 
real bluesy type, you know, voice. Him and like T. Graham Brown, you know, I say bluesy, but it's really like soulful. You know what I mean? Like a very, it's hard to explain. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think it's even crazier that, you know, he can do all that and, and play the piano really well, but like, and he's blind, you know, like that's. Yeah, that's, that was, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's just some, you know, God, you know, gives amazing gifts, you know, to, to some people, you know, mm-hmm. well, I think God gives gifts to everyone, but you know, not they, they, uh, the gifts aren't, all the same, obviously, you know, so to some people, he gives just amazing, extraordinary, you know, musical talent, you know, and obviously, you know, he's a good example of that. I, you know, I would say. I would love to see him live. um, Hopefully soon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I didn't even know he was still touring. So he's still doing shows. He's still playing. Oh, wow. Look at that. You see, we, yeah, we're going to have to uh, check that out as well. Well, hey, Robert, it was a blast talking to you. It's so awesome to, you know, get to know the person behind the music. You know, you did very well with all the questions. I'm real happy for you. Like, we barely had to stop with a lot of, um, a lot of the conversations we have. There's like a lot of editing. (laughs) Because, but you did awesome. I'm serious. So, yeah. So, really. So, mm -hmm. all right. Thank y'all so much. Y'all have a great day. And thank y'all for all the, Love and support. I always appreciate it. Thank you all so much. You bet. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, you can walk out on me tonight If you think that it ain't feeling right But darling, there ain't If you think that it ain't fe-
The New Traditionalists, an On the Brink podcast, 2022 All Rights Reserved.